Hello and welcome back to our daily our devotions on the Psalms. Uh, first, let me apologize for um, the absence on Tuesday. Um, it was one of those those were one of the do, do, some of those days when um, there were too many things happening in my life and in my mind, and so um, I couldn't form anything to say about the Psalm. But partly because the Psalm that I wanted to share on to reflect on with you. It's a rather difficult psalm. It's Psalm 4. In fact, I wanted to reflect on that after Psalm 3, but because still had nothing in my head, I decided to share on Psalm 100. But after Psalm 100, I came back to Psalm 4, and uh, it's rather difficult to think about it. And so I had a blank, and hence we didn't have devotions on Tuesday. But, well, finally I have it now. Um, And so we will read and reflect on Psalm 4. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all the truths that you teach us day by day. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, as you have promised to take these truths, plant them in our hearts. We may know and we may learn how to live our lives. Difficult as it is to follow you, We ask, O God, for the grace. We ask for minds and hearts that begin to see the truths in what you teach us and you'll cause us to follow you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 4 For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Answer me when I call you my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servants for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when the grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The many reasons why this is a difficult psalm, for one, um, there's no context given in this psalm. So it's just a prayer of David. But we don't know when David prayed this prayer, under what circumstances he prayed this prayer. Some say he prayed it after Psalm, four, psalm 3, um, as he was still running from Absalom. But there are things that in this psalm that perhaps suggest that it isn't so. Um, and some, yeah, so... It's really quite a difficult psalm to interpret. But I'd like, instead of trying to interpret this psalm, as I read it, what I see is is a prayer of a king. Or, relevant to all of us, is the prayer of a leader. It's a struggle of a leader trying to live a life following after our Lord Jesus Christ. It is... A dilemma, a very difficult 
um, situation that leaders are placed in, where on the one hand they want to lead with uh, great confidence, even strength. On the other, they know that there is so much that they cannot do. There's so much opposition, in one sense. And so much of how they want to model their lives after Jesus, after the way God wants us to model our lives, we struggle with that. So let's look first, go through the psalm. Verse 1 is a cry to God. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Here the psalmist believes in prayer. Quite often, we do not. We pray for certain things. We pray when we are ill. When someone is ill, we all gather to pray. But how often do we pray for each day's, pray about each day's distresses? When I look at my life or when I talk with people, we face lots and lots of distresses every day. A distress at home with our loved ones or sometimes less than loved ones with our family members where there is discord at home. When we get to work, we face discord at work. And each day brings many, many problems that distress us. How often do we bring these to God? Sometimes there's simple things like a lonely, like when we see our child being lonely and our hearts bleed for her. Sometimes it's something bigger where there's conflict in the home, where there is much noise in the home that is unpleasant and unhappy. Often it is work where you're given tasks by your bosses that, that just baffle you, or where you struggle with your subordinates who just don't know how to listen to you or just refuse to listen to you or simply disrespectful towards you. Or when you face issue at work where things seem to fall apart and you might even be threatened with a loss of your job. Each day faces brings to us many, many distresses. And the psalmist brings them and David the king brings them all to God. He says, give me relief from my distress. And so they may not be huge things. They could be little things here and there that cause much dispute, this distress. When I talk about leaders then, I'm not talking about church leaders or pastors or even ministers or even leaders or CEOs of organizations. In many ways, all of us are leaders to some extent or other. In church, you could be a small group leader. You could um, be a leader in the leadership in LCC. You could be a pastor or church staff where you lead people. You could also be at home, the head of the household, the husband, the father. But you could be the mother as well because you're leading, um, you're, you're leading your children. You're leading the um, a helper in the home. You could be even a child. In a sense, you have friends who follow you, friends who admire and respect you, and therefore you are a leader as well. We are leaders. Most of us, almost all of us, are leaders in our field. You might not be the boss. You might not be right at the top of your company. You might be a line manager. You could be a supervisor. 
You could even be a senior staff with one or two staff learning from you or following you. And so when we talk about the dilemmas and the prayer of a leader, it applies to all of us. And all of us know how difficult it is to lead, whether it's to lead one person, to lead a child, to lead a staff, to lead an entire congregation, an entire organisation. Leaders suffer greatly because whenever we lead, there will be pushback, there will be opposition. King David taught us first to pray. To pray for every, about every issue, big or small, that distresses us. And not just to pray, but to believe that God answers our prayers. And then in verse 2, he says, How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? That's the next struggle of a leader, where a leader who strives, who has committed himself, herself, to follow Christ, to live as Christ does, and to understand that that is the glory of God, but to have all of that turned into shame. Many of us cannot grasp, understand that the glory of God was not his power to destroy the glory of God was that when he saw the world in sin, he loved the world so much he gave his son to live with that world in humility and then to be accused falsely, to be tortured and to be killed. The God of the universe coming down to live and to be humiliated and to be killed. And that's the glory of God. So often I've seen people portray the triumph of God as something else, as a God holding a cross. There was once even a cross that looked like a sword to kill people. But the blood on the cross was not the blood of others, it was the blood of the holder himself. It was Jesus Christ who hung on that cross. And so we often want to distort the humility and the compassion and the love of God into something victorious, something triumphalistic, something that destroys others rather than something that gives to others. And so the struggle of a Christian leader, how then do you lead people in the glory of the Lord? Let me give you more examples. When we decide to be humble, humility is often seen as low self-esteem, it's seen as being a doormat. Instead, what we long for is to be humble, to not assert, not to push ourselves up, not to push others down, not to insult others or to um, demean others, and to allow others to shine above us. But that humility is often seen as having just having a low self-esteem, being trodden on by others. Or when we have compassion over someone, perhaps even compassion over someone who doesn't deserve it. And often that is turned to shame when we are criticized of being soft or weak. Or when there is spontane spontaneity in, in loving God. I spoke, on, I spoke last week about on Psalm 100, 
how we could express ourselves the way we really wanted to express ourselves out of our love for God. And such spontaneity is often laughed at as being overly emotional, as even madness. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 16 records that when the Ark of the Covenant entered the capital city, King David danced with joy. He just threw everything away. He even took off his cloak and his kingly, kingly um, clothing and danced around with joy because he was so filled with joy that the Ark of the Covenant had finally come back. But his wife, the daughter of Saul, Michelle, looked down and despised David with her heart. Because David was seen as a madman, having no grip on his emotions, and she despised him. And how often then too, when we want to be expressive of God, when we want to show our love to God, we are seen as overly emotional, seen as mad. And so the faith of a person is often seen as foolishness or being impractical. When we say, I will believe in my God, I will do this and trust in my God, others look at us and say, what a fool we are. The glory of God often turned into shame. And that's a struggle with Christian leaders because we want to live as Christ lived, but that is seen as being soft, being weak, being um, foolish, and we struggle with that. And then the psalmist goes on in verse 3, Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. And yet despite all of this, having our glory, the glory of God turned to shame, we live, we continue with the conviction that we are set apart by God. It's a struggle. It's a struggle believing then that as we live our lives, learning to be like Christ, our Lord who gave himself for others, that we are called to our vocations, called to our stations by God, set apart by him. But we need to know that. We need to know that even as we struggle with the many challenges of leading, that indeed we are called by God. There is a song, a very beautiful song, one of my favourite songs. Um, it's by Michael Card. The name of that song is God's Own Fool. Let me read that, the lyrics to you and maybe you could check it out uh, on YouTube or on Spotify. It's called God's Own Fool by Michael Card. Michael C-A-R-D. Michael Card. Goes this way. Seems I've imagined him all of my life as the wisest of all of mankind. But if God's holy wisdom is foolish to men, he must have seemed out of his mind. For even his family said he was mad, and the priests said the demons to blame. But God in the form of this angry young man could not have seemed perfect, could not have seemed perfectly sane. When we in our foolishness thought we were wise, he played the fool and he opened our eyes. When we were in our weakness, believed he was strong we were strong. He became helpless to show we were wrong. And so we follow God's own fool, for only the foolish can tell, believe the unbelievable, and come 
be a fool as well. So come lose your life for a carpenter's son, for a madman who died for a dream. And you have the faith his first followers had, and you feel the weight of the beam. So surrender the hunger to say you must know, have the courage to say I believe. For the power of paradox opens our eyes and blinds those who see, say they can see. So we follow God's own fool, for only the foolish can tell, believe the unbelievable, and come be a fool as well. It's a lifelong struggle to be a fool for God. But we continue. Verse 4 says, Tremble and do not sin when you are on your bed. Search your hearts and be silent. Psalmist was probably talking to himself as well as to others. Because when we lie on our beds about to sleep, that is an important time of each day. What goes on in our minds? We could be angry throughout the day. We might have a really distressing day. But in the quietness of our bedrooms, the quietness of our beds, what then goes on in our heads? And that's important because if we were to go to sleep harboring bitterness and resentment and vengeance, it hurts, it damages our lives. We sin. But if we were then to lie in bed even in our anger and we say to God, God, I surrender my bitterness to you. God, I've had a very bitter day. I can't help it. But now as I lie in bed, teach me to forgive and forgive my sins as well. And as we do that, something beautiful happens to us. God heals our hearts and our minds even as we sleep. And then the other, this, the next dilemma and struggle that leader has, in verse 6, says, Many Lord are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Who will bring us prosperity? One of the biggest challenges of a leader is that there is a weight of responsibility on that leader. Whether it is the breadwinner of the home, whether it is the CEO, whether it is a minister, whichever leadership role we have, there is there are people who depend on us. And so even as we lead with challenges, sometimes we lead with great difficulty, in our heart of hearts we want to provide, we feel responsible for those we lead, for those we care for, entrusted to us. And so we pray to God, God, provide for us, provide for them, let them have prosperity. For fill my heart with joy when the grain and new wine abound. Often even in our anger towards those who turn against us, we long for them to prosper because God has placed us over them. And so our prayer, God, provide, provide for my loved ones. You know, I thought about it, that many of us can live very happily on our own, with no families to feed, uh, just carefree lives. But that is not what we are called to do. We cannot just live carefree lives all on our own with not a responsibility for ourselves, no need to care for those entrusted to us. There is a calling to be responsible for those who have been entrusted to us. And so it's true fathers, mothers, parents, teachers, whoever you are who leads, 
There are people whom God has placed you over that you might watch over their welfare. Take that responsibility well and bring the difficulties and the struggles to God. And ask God, God help me to prosper those you have placed and trusted to me. And finally then, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. So when we have resolved in our hearts to talk to God about these, all of these struggles, questions that we have, when we are able to bring them to the Lord, we will be able to sleep soundly and in safety. Let us pray. Father, I pray for all leaders among us, leaders of many and leaders of few. You know the struggles in our hearts. You know the difficulties that we face. You know, Lord, that each night as we lie down, we're so full of anger and angst and distress. I pray then that you teach us how to bring them to you. And to know, Lord, that we have been set aside, set apart for you. And that you hear our prayers. And that each night then we can lie down and sleep and rest peacefully. For you cause us to dwell in safety. Let this be an assurance for all who lead. For I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, thank you. And um, just a reminder, this Sunday is church anniversary. We are celebrating our 16th anniversary. So um, do come. Uh, we'll have a very small celebration kind of thing just to remember the things, how God has led us through the year. But we also want to introduce our leaders, the leaders of our church, the local executive local church executive committee. Um, because of COVID, we can't get them to show their faces, but we'll show their faces on the screen. And so um, do come then on Sunday. But whether you can come or not, uh, join us online, on site. Well, thank you and God bless you all. Goodbye. <music>